Democrats keep going to the same well when it comes to accusing Trump of things. Here's the problem. They're running out of tragedies to abuse him over. So that could be a big issue. Another member of Joe's cabinet disappears and no one seems to notice. And there was another mass shooting you'll hear absolutely nothing about. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you guys had an absolutely awesome, awesome weekend. So let's get straight to it. I, You know, Josie and I were talking. I was, I'm was i reading a new book by Barack Lawry called uh, The Rise of the Sex Machines. And essentially what this book's about, I'm only about 130 pages into it. And basically what this book is about, it's about how sex robots will eventually take over the world. Everybody will have a sex robot in their home. And uh, we will all, basically civilization will be destroyed. And he spends the first probably 50, 60 pages talking about sex, ro- sex robots and how the and how the technology is getting so good that people will just say, hey, you know, for men, they'll just say, hey, you know what, I'll just get a sex robot. I, I, I don't want to deal with dating. I don't want to deal with relationships. I don't want to deal with the problems that you have when you're dealing with people with women it's expensive everyone's a feminist these days things like that and then he spends the next 200 pages of the book talking about what's happening in society that is killing marriage relationships uh the dating and how people don't want to have sex anymore they talk about everything from transgenderism, sexism, feminism, toxic masculinity, all sorts of things. And I I told Josie, I said, you know something? This is exactly what our problem with society is. So uh, she heard my shtick on on the robots. And she was like, yeah, well, it could happen, I guess. I said, well, okay. Then we started watching a show called Botched. And Botched, if you've never seen it, it's actually a pretty funny show. What it's about is two plastic surgeons that go in there, that go and their jobs are to fixed, effed up plastic surgeries. Now, the kicker with this, and these guys are, are, are located in West Hollywood, so I guess I shouldn't be too surprised with this, but every other person and it seems like every man who walks into this place is gay and i told josie do you notice there's never a straight man on television now if you if you simply watch commercials they've got at least one gay couple in there they don't have any white straight men mind you but they have at least one the only straight men they have in commercials these days are black men or asian men they actually don't have any straight black straight white straight white men in commercials if you're a white man and you're in a commercial you're holding hands with another man this is every commercial i said we've just gotten absolutely crazy and she said well and i don't usually talk about gay marriage and things like that with josie and she said well you know it's just become normal and and what's the big deal i said you know something that's exactly the problem we had 
in 2000, in 2000, 2010, when people were screaming for gay marriage. I said, that is exactly the problem we had. We kept saying, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm not gay. So what difference does it make? Well, look what happened. We're not gay. Now, if you're not gay, you're less of a human being. Now, straight people, you can only be black if you're going to get be on a commercial. If you're straight. If you're white, you got to be gay. All this DEI crap puts the... Uh, puts the gay person, the transgender person, all on a pedestal. I said, one of the biggest problems we had, and the book brought it up. That's why I'm talking about this. I said, the big problem was we didn't fight enough for this stuff. It, and, and that's one of the reasons why you got to fight for a lot of the things that you, a lot of a lot of times you don't see it. For example, transgender people using the women's restroom. You don't see a lot of it. And that's because transgender people make up still 0.3 to 0.6 of the population. You just don't see a heck of a lot of it. But here's the reality. You know, 10 years, 15 years ago, less than 1% of the people in the high schools believed they were LGBTQ of any way. Now it's up to 20%. How did that happen? Well, it's been normalized. Now, one of my arguments has always been homosexuality, transgenderism, it's not natural. And nature has a way of always keeping you in reality. Two gay men are never going to have kids. Two gay women are never going to have kids. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. But I told Josie, this is one of the problems we've had. We didn't fight enough for, for marriage. And now everybody is gay. And it got worse. I mean, in 2015, and this is what the book points out, it's called Rise of the Sex Machines by Barack Lowry. This is one of the things he said. He said, well, gay marriage, no one really thought much about gay marriage because no one really cares if you're gay. But the reality is transgenderism came from when gay marriage was legalized in 2015 by the Supreme Court in a complete, wildly overreaching Supreme Court precedent. Um, now we're, we're supposed to Teach our kids about this stuff. Drag Queen Story Hour was not a thing until after that ruling. Now we're teaching our kids to cut off their genitals and drug themselves and sterilize themselves. That's that slippery slope thing. A lot of people talk, the slippery slope. I call it the give a mouse a cookie syndrome. They, they want more and more and more and more. And these people, I mean, these trans people... And these, these LGBTQ, I don't want to just dump it on the trans people, but these LGBTQ people, they're not doing this because they want equal rights, which they already have. They're not doing this because they're being bullied or beaten, because they're not. They're doing this because they hate Western civilization and are trying to destroy Western civilization. Well, Gene, how do you know that? Well, I mean, the LGBTQ crowd is pro-Palestinian. They're trying to end the war between Israel and Gaza. Here's the question for you. Why in God's name would you do that if you're an LGBTQ cultist? Because the those people, the radical Islamists in Gaza, hate gay and trans people. Hate them. Like, kill them. Immediate. They say it. They don't hide it. They say it.
And everyone just kind of ignores that and just, it's because they hate our civilization. I mean, all the, and, and they know it too. They don't hide it. They know the LGBTQ cultists know that. They don't care. They're not in Gaza. I mean, personally, I'd like to send ship 50 of them over there and see how, how they last, how well they do. After we're scraping them up off the bottom of a 50-story building that they were thrown off of. So that was my thought. That's what I thought this weekend. And we continue to watch. Now, the good news is, is LGBTQ has, you know, here's the problem. You push and push and push and push. Eventually, someone pushes back. And that's what's happening. People are pushing back now. They don't want this crap in the schools. They don't want kids being dealt with this. Now, the elites, they, they are obviously the judges and lawyers and the government officials and the bureaucracies. They, they continue to push it. But there is now pushback from the regular person, from parents. Virginia went red because of this. Um, Miami County in Florida went red because of this. New York is turning reddish because of this. Even Illinois is beginning, uh, New Jersey almost turned red because of this. Illinois is beginning to, to, to say, hey, this is weird. Normal people don't want this. And you know who especially doesn't want it? People of color, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. They think this is weird. They don't like it either. Matter of fact, one of the things that that uh, Tr Clay Travis said in his book, the, uh, the American Playbook, which we'll talk about probably today or maybe tomorrow, again, because I did talk about it last week, it's one thing he said. He said, uh, black people, Hispanics, they are natural conservatives. They are natural Republicans. They just don't know it yet because they've been gaslit. They've been lied to. Back way back in 1963, when that racist Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill, Lyndon B. Johnson was a racist. When he signed that bill, he said he even said, "Now all those N words will be voting Democrat for for the rest of uh, this, the life of this country." He said that, and then they've been lying and living off this for years. Well, see, here's the thing. It's going to turn around because they've gone way too far to the left. Okay. Well, that being said, let's get to the dumbass of the day. Okay, I'm going to say something here that may be kind of unpopular. All right? And I'm going to have to explain myself. I really believe this. I like AOC. I do. I really, I, I have come to realize that she's perfect for conservatives like me. Now, that doesn't mean that what she says is smart, what she says is clever, what she says is intellectually true, nothing like that. I mean, it's not that she's good looking because I don't think she's particularly good looking. It's that she says what the left actually thinks. She is the true leftist. She is just too stupid to realize what she's saying is not something she should be saying. So she says always the quiet part out loud. The Biden administration, 
believes in just about everything she says. Now, they won't say that. For example, they won't say that socialism is the best thing in the world and we need to get rid of socialism. We need to raise taxes to 90% or anything. The Biden administration won't say that. They think it. Okay. She says it. She thinks it. And she says what she thinks. Now, there is this theory called the Great Replacement Theory. I talk about it every once in a while. I believe it's a thing. I believe they they are doing it. And I'm not a white supremacist. One of the reasons why a lot of people say don't 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 say that because it, it's a white supremacist it's a white supremacist trope. Um, I don't think it's a trope, and I think they are doing it. it. They are replacing us, and I am no white supremacist. The Democrats want these people in here. They want to create a new voting base. And even though they don't say it, we all know that's what it is. I mean, California does it. California, you get an ID or a driver's license. The first thing they ask you to do, you want to register to vote. And everyone's want, And since illegals can get driver's licenses and... Driver's license and ID cards, the 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 they are still asked whether they can vote. And if you just click the wrong button, you're registered to vote. And California has gotten into trouble for this. When they made this law something enacted this year or last year, excuse me. Everyone kept saying uh, this is going to cause problems. They said California said no, no, no. We have strict guidelines. Blah blah blah. And guess what happened? The first two weeks, they were registering illegals to vote. So this is what they want to do, create a voting base. And of course, they want to create a voting base with the uneducated. Illegals typically come over with no education. And by the way, that's the reason that Democrats want to 16-year-olds to vote. They want felons they vote. They want everybody on pot because they want people stupid and voting for them. Well, AOC just basically proved my point about great replacement theory. She actually said, "No, we need to we need to forget about building walls. We need to make these people citizens." Listen to listen to this. Hey, this is great replacement theory. I don't know what else to tell you. So let's listen to AOC. From all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now, you can fix that by trying to build a wall, or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path to citizenship. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll have folks that might say, look at these systems, you know, that our shelter system has weight and things like that. But one of the reasons that our public systems experience weight is because people don't have a documented and reliable path to work and sustain themselves, mm -hmm. just like all of our ancestors did and our, and our grandparents and great-grandparents. Okay, a couple problems with this. Um, we don't mind making people who come into this country citizens. My wife is going to become a citizen on the 17th. We like the fact that they become citizens. We have no problem making pe making immigrant citizens. We have a problem with citizen with people coming over here illegally, breaking our laws. I mean, just by their pure existence, they 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 are illegal. They are breaking the law. They're criminals. And then rewarding them 
by giving them something that is vaunted. Citizenship is something everyone looks forward to. Why should someone who's illegally in this country, who's a criminal, become be rewarded with citizenship? That doesn't make any sense. And of course, you know, she's, oh, well, we could build walls. Yeah, we should build walls. We should prevent them from coming over here. We should send all the illegal ones back and make citizens the ones that go through the correct process. Now, I'm, I do agree with her. Citizenship, the, the whole path to citizenship is broken. I agree with that. I have people in Mexico now that I'm trying to get over here. Lawyers and things like that. Yeah, it's broken. I get it. But the fact of the matter is you don't just instantly make someone a citizen because they broke our laws right off the bat. But that's what they want to do. That's why the border is open. The border is, this is not an accident. 300,000 people don't sneak over the border in a month by accident. Six million people do not end up in this country in the last three years by accident. They're being allowed into this country. And they're now, the government is just trying to figure out how to, how to, this government is trying to figure out how to make them citizens so they can vote. And that's, and it's not even legal in this country. It's not even if they're legal in this country, they're trying to make them citizens so they can vote. And AOC just said it. So, and here's the thing. She's a moron. There's no question. She doesn't have that much power. She's got a big mouth. But she does say what the liberals want her, what the liberals, what the leftists think. And that's why I like her. I'm glad she's there. I'm glad she's saying the quiet part out loud. It's brave. Okay, let's get to our first story. And this is kind of a trip. So this first story, here's the problem Democrats are having. They're they're having an issue selling Joe Biden. And what they they do what they're trying to do and it's worked in the past is try to demonize Donald Trump because he's presumably going to be the uh, Republican nominee nominee and of course the problem they're having is Joe Biden is doing such a crappy job that their 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 message is just completely thrown off. Well, there's another reason their problem they're having is their language, their extremist language is not landing. Donald Trump is a Nazi. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. There's a problem with that. It's just not true. And the instances where they want to point to Donald Trump being a white supremacist and a Nazi, um, they're too few and far between. So this weekend, in front of Jake Clapper, uh, Democrat representative and big friend of Joe Biden, Jim Claiborne, decided to blame Donald Trump for the 2015 mass shooting at the Mother Emanuel AME Church. Now, if you don't remember that, that's a church in Charleston, Char- these the pastor invited a white man, a, a boy, he was about 18, 17 years old, into the church to pray. The boy went in, sat down, prayed for a little bit, then pulled a gun and killed five people. He was a devout white supremacist. 
Okay. Well, they went in there and Jim Clyburn decided this it's the anniversary this week. Um, you know, eight year anniversary. And so they decided, and by the way, this wasn't really celebrated in the country before, but now it's celebrated. I wonder why. Could it be that uh, Joe Biden is running for president again and Jim Clyburn wants him to be president? Probably. But Jim Clyburn has decided, you know what? That is, that mass shooting in 2015, that is Trump. It is Trump that caused this. Now, Jake Tapper, who seems to be more of a moderate in on CNN, um, he was just kind of like, huh? So let's listen to this little spat between Clyburn, not spat, but let's listen to this little dialogue between Clyburn and Tapper. Is, is it fair to tie in any way what happened at the Emanuel AME Church to Donald Trump? Donald Trump had barely launched his campaign when that attack happened. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jake. I think it is very clear uh, that Donald Trump's utterances uh, way back before Charlottesville, or at the time of Charlottesville, ties him uh, to uh, what happened uh, at Mother Emanuel. The fact of the matter is, that young man went into that church's basement, joined with those worshipers in Bible study, and murdered them. And he said at the time that he was attempting to create a race war. Okay, this is a big problem for the Biden administration. This isn't going to work for two reasons. One, Trump wasn't president in 2015. He had just started his campaign. And Tapper had it right. He had just started his campaign. He didn't say anything about race at all. As a matter of fact, that's one of the first questions I would have asked is, okay, so in 2015, what did he say? What exactly did Donald Trump say? They're basing everything now in 2023 on the BS that they've been pushing for the last, since 2016. And they're trying to apply that on something in the beginning of 2017. This happened, don't forget, this, this AME church thing happened in March, in January of 2015. Donald Trump had barely sat back and said he's running for president. He had hinted he was running for president. It was, I think, two weeks he had, he had put his candidacy in for president. And suddenly he's a white supremacist back then. And this kid who decided to murder black people because he was a white supremacist was because of Trump. So right off the bat, this is, this is going to fall in, on deaf ears. And anyone who knows anything is going to sit back and say, well, wait a minute, President Trump wasn't president back then. That was Barack Obama who was president. Why isn't Barack Obama being blamed? And Barack Obama was a ra- is a racist. Barack Obama used race for everything. So that's not going to be a real stretch. The second point is, where is all the... This is, this is your example of white supremacy? Something that happened back in 2015? You don't have anything more recent or maybe during the presence? Now, they've used Charleston. Yes, they used Charleston, which, again, was a, a murder by a white supremacist. But Trump actually condemned... 
the white supremacist and the whole white supremacist movement on camera and the media lied about it. You still hear it today. You still hear it. But the problem is everyone knows that was just a lie if you listen to the speech. That's the, um, there were good people on both sides speech. They cut that speech to the point where he didn't, they forgot to mention that except for the white supremacists and the extremists. He did say that, but they cut that out. Now that is, that is the worst thing that proves Trump is a white supremacist. But even that, if you take that, you take the AME church and you take the, the white supremacy comment during Charleston in 2017, what else is there? Well, the reality is there's nothing because there's just not that, there's really not a lot of white supremacy in this country. I dare you to find white supremacy. This is going to fall short. It's going to fall flat. Voters already know this. Voters already know white people are not on the pedestal anymore. They haven't been since the 60s. It, none of this is true. We are as equal a country as we've ever been. As a matter of fact, before Barack Obama, race was never even an issue. Race became an issue when Barack Obama became president. And by the way, most white people voted for Barack Obama. So it wasn't an issue during the election or he wouldn't have gotten elected. Listen, the American Playbook by Clay Travis, that book I talked about, talks about this. This is the same well the Democrats go into. Their opponents are all white supremacists, are all racists, are all bigots, are all homophobes, are all xenophobes. That's, that's what it's going to be. If Joe Biden, where prices are 20% higher, um, gas prices are 110% higher, we have two wars with a third one working because North Korea and South Korea are now beginning to argue. Taiwan about to invade, or uh, China about to invade Taiwan. If he's going to sit back and, and that's going to be his argument for why he should be elected president for four more years, that's going to be his argument? Yeah, it's going to fall flat. He's going to end up getting killed. White people will not vote for Joe Biden. Black people will just not vote because th this is what they have. They'll either vote for Trump or they just won't vote. And by the way, that's another scary thing Joe Biden's got to deal with. Um, this is falling flat with the black population. Donald Trump is over 20% supported by blacks. That is an unheard of number. When Barack Obama, it was 4 5% at one point that the Republican was supported by the black community. Now it's over 20%? Close to 40% of Hispanics support Trump, this is this is not a selling point. It's about the economy, stupid. And the economy is really bad. They're even questioning this soft landing I talked about last week. It may not happen. They're not sure it's going to happen. The Fed doesn't know what to do. Well, that's convenient. The Fed doesn't know what they're going to do. Is aren't they? Don't. That's why you got to leave. the The Fed needs to be broken up and. You got to have a free market economy like you did before. I don't understand why this is so hard to understand. But this is the problem with Democrats. They're going to the same well, and it's not going to work. 
especially since this guy is just so bloody incompetent. <coughs> okay, this is a great story. Uh, I, I am shocked this happened again, especially after the Pete Buttigieg debacle. Let's, let's, uh, this is from the Daily Wire. The deputy who took over some of the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's duty last, duties last week was kept in the dark about the cabinet official's hospitalization for days, according to a new report. So, Defense Department L- Lloyd Austin, the, the uh, head of the, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, disappeared last week. No one knew where he went. He Apparently, he had some sort of elective surgery. We don't know what that surgery was. He had complications, and then he was stuck in uh, ICU for three days. So this guy's been gone a week. No one knows where he was. The president doesn't know where he was. As a matter of fact, the Secretary of State doesn't know. Nobody knows where he is. Let's listen to to Anthony Anthony Blinken, who pretty much found out the day that he was asked this question that Lloyd Austin has disappeared and ended up in the hospital, and no one knows why, over a complication with elective surgery. This is what Lloyd, this is what uh, Anthony Blinken had to say. With uh, regard to Secretary Austin, um, I wasn't aware of his um, uh, medical issue. Uh, in fact, I, I talked to, to Lloyd last weekend uh, before this incident, um, and I know that he's put out a statement addressing it. Um, what I can say is this. It has been, it remains one of the great privileges of my career over 30 years now working in, in government uh, to serve alongside Lord Austin, Lloyd Austin. He is an extraordinary leader for this country in uniform and now out of uniform. And it's been a highlight of my service to be able to serve alongside him. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing him fully uh, recovered and um, working side by side uh, in the year ahead. Um, What is is your policy? uh, Again, I think he he put out a statement uh, Addressing this, I'll let that statement speak for itself. Well, I'm not gonna, I won't get into hypotheticals. Uh, this seems to be the, the response whenever someone F's up in the Biden administration. Um, we don't, we're not gonna tell you what happened, we're not gonna tell you uh, how we don't know, we're not gonna tell you what surgery he, he had, we're not gonna tell you why he didn't. Uh, tell anybody that he didn't tell his deputy secretary Kathleen Hicks that he was taking off Kathleen Hicks who is the second in command is supposed to become the secretary of defense if he takes off she was in Puerto Rico on vacation then she found out oops he's gone she was going to come back from Puerto Rico and she decided to stay in Puerto Rico because she figured well I'll just I'll just make phone calls here we are in the middle of two wars. North Korea just fired on a disputed territory in South Korea. China is trying to figure out whether they're going to invade Taiwan. And the Secretary of Defense, the head of the Pentagon, decides to have elective surgery. We don't know what electric elective surgery he decided to have. 
and just disappears for a week. And no one knows anything. And all you hear is, it's been an honor to serve with him. You know what you probably should have responded to? Fire his ass. You're going to disappear like that? You're, unde- you're, inde- you're not dependable. You're fired. I mean, these guys never... This guy will end up being vice president soon. That's how, that's how stupid this administration is. Do you realize all of the F-ups they've had in this entire administration, they have yet to fire one guy? The only guy they fired was the nuclear disposal secretary. And he, it was the guy who wears dresses and does puppy play with other men. And he was fired not because of incompetence in his job, which I'm sure he was incompetent in his job too. He was fired because he was stealing luggage at a, at a, stealing luggage at an airport. And apparently he's done it a bunch of times. He's now looking at prison time. And they didn't fire him right away. They waited until they figured, okay, there's no way to save this guy. And then they canned him. But Pete Buttigieg, he was gone for three months. No one knew he was gone. And this brings up the same question that that came up during Buttigieg being missing. Because he was on paternity leave because his husband couldn't take care of the baby for some reason. In the middle of a supply chain crisis? What do we need these people for? That's the question. You can disappear for three months. You can disappear for a week and no one notices. Why are you there? Fire them. Get rid of the position. Save some money. Absolutely incredible. Okay, well, he did release a statement finally. And the statement, I got to tell you, it's a little less than acceptable this is what he said i want to thank the amazing doctors and nursing staff at walter reed for the exceptional care they have delivered to me and for the personal warmth they have shown my family i also appreciate all the outreach and well wishes from colleagues and friends charlene and i are very grateful for their support charlene's his wife and notice something's missing in this little thing um why were you in the hospital did you have a heart attack Did your ED medication make your penis hard for over four hours? Did your hair transplant not work out? What exactly were you in the hospital for? Continuing, I am very glad to be on the mend and look forward to returning to the Pentagon soon. I also understand the media concerns about transparency and recognize I could have done a better job at ensuring the public was appropriately informed. You know what he could have done in this statement too? Inform the public why he was in the hospital. He could have done that. I commit to doing better. No, you should commit to resigning or getting fired. But this this is important to say. This is a medical this was my medical procedure and I take full responsibility for my decisions about disclosure. What was the medical... Now, the Biden administration, I can't wait till Karen Jean-Pierre goes out there and has to answer these questions because this is a huge question. And one of the questions, please say Peter Ducey is there. I know he just had a kid and he's on paternity leave. But, and by the way, it's okay that he's on paternity leave because he has a wife who just had a baby. So he actually has to take care of the baby. The wife is in bed. So that kind of makes sense. 
and he's not the Secretary of Transportation. So there, it, there are differences between Pete Buttigieg and Steve Ducey, or Peter Ducey. The question I want to hear is, you keep saying how transparent you are, yet every time something happens, you don't tell us what's happening. How are you transparent? And by the way, the news media is saying that. I don't see how Joe Biden survives a presidential nomination. I really don't see how he survives it. It's one F up after the other. And what's funny is that one of the selling points that Joe Biden says, and by the way, they're not even doing this selling point anymore, they might, is the chaos that Trump had within his cabinet during his presidency. And there was a lot of chaos. Um... I don't know. Two of your secretaries disappeared out of nowhere. Does it seem like there might be some chaos in the Biden, in the Biden administration? And you can forget the chaos. What about the bad job all of them have been doing? Secretary, uh, Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland Security, our border has taken in 6 million people in the last three years. Uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, Afghanistan was a freaking disaster. Pete Buttigieg, the supply chain crisis was a disaster. It helped with inflation. How, I don't mean helped as in it made inflation better. It helped make inflation worse. Janet Yellen, the economy is a disaster. Prices are up 20% from when he took office. The energy of secretary, the sec energy secretary, Gas prices are over double what they were when you took over. Not one of these people has been fired. They are all incompetent. The president is incompetent. The vice president is incompetent. This is an administration of incompetence. And I would like someone to ask them about this. The problem is you can't hide it for them. The problem for them is you can't hide it. You can't hide any of this. All right, let's get to our next story here. This this is great. So, according to the Post Millennial, all right. Well, well, let me let me start this story off. So, there was a mass shooting last week. You probably you may or may not have heard about it. You probably heard about it the day of, but now people are beginning to try and hide it. Okay, so this was in a school in Ohio, where a guy walked in and just started shooting people. And it, it was at a school called Perry High School. I'm sorry, not Ohio, Iowa. Perry High School in Iowa. This happened on Thursday. And this kid shot six people. One died. The kid doing the shooting, he was 17. He killed himself. And, of course, everything started. Another mass shooting, blah, blah, blah. Forget uh, guns and white people and whatever. I mean, it's just the typical stuff. Well, um, there was a big bit of a problem the media had. Apparently, the kid was gender fluid. He was, we're not sure if he was a trans kid, but he didn't identify as a male. How about that? Another trans person, another LGBTQ person goes absolutely nuts. Now, by the way, just a little FYI, this is like the fifth or sixth in the last couple of years where the LGBTQ group goes nuts and starts killing people. 
Now, understand something. Trans folk, again, make less percent, less than 1% of the population. LGBTQ folk, they still make less than 10% of the population. So why are they committing so many mass shootings? Could it be they have mental problems? Now, this kid did have mental problems. They, they're very clear about that. And personally, yeah, you, you don't go around and start shooting people unless you have mental problems. But part of the mental problem is probably that he's gender fluid and the media can't deal with that. That actually is a symptom of his mental problems. So the media has to come up with a, they have to come up with a reason this kid went absolutely ape shit and started killing people. Well, they did come up with something. Um, according to the post-millennial, mainstream media has shifted the narrative surrounding Iowa high school shooting suspect, suggesting the lone gunman, I'm not going to give his name, who identifies as gender fluid, carried out the attack because he had been, quote, relentlessly, end quote, bullied since childhood. This kid, 17, who used he-they pronouns before dying from a self-inflicted gunshot wound after he had shot and killed a sixth-grade boy and injured five others during the mass shooting at Perry High School in Iowa on Thursday, was reportedly, quote, hurting, end quote, from the, quote, bullying, end quote, that he got tired of the harassment, class Classmates told Associated Press. Classmates Asania Roeder and Kaima Hall, both 17, alleged that Butler had been a victim of bullying since elementary school, which recently escalated his younger sister also started getting bullied. Escalated when his younger sister started getting bullied. They claimed Butler had reached the last straw, suggesting that it was the reason behind why he killed and injured innocent students. Got that? Got that? He's not a shooter. He's not a criminal. He's not a bad guy. He was bullied. He's a victim. Hey, I got news to you. Again, people are looking at this and like, what? He shot five people. He killed one. We've got one in critical condition. That person is still alive, but he could have killed two people. Bullying? I am so sick and tired of this bullying thing. I, I really am tired of the bullying thing. It, they act like bullying is a brand new thing. It's been around since I was a kid. And most of us, millennia, uh, most of us um, Gen Zers, Gen Xers, I mean, we didn't go out killing people because we were bullied. That just didn't happen. Now, oh, well, I'm a trans fluid and blah, blah, blah. Now, the kicker is, before, when this actually happened, before they knew that this kid was a transgender person, an LGBTQIX cultist, before they knew any of that stuff, they said the kid had mental problems. That's what the media was saying. Then they found out he was gender fluid and suddenly he's being bullied. He'd had enough of the transgender abuse he was receiving. He no longer had a mental problem. Well, here's a newsflash. If you think you're, if you think you can switch between sexes, you got a mental problem. This kid just proved it. So the media, they don't know what to do, and we know what they're gonna do. They're gonna ignore the story. That's essentially what they've already done. You cannot find this, and the only time this is talked about is on Friday, and then suddenly it's gone. Of course, conservative radio is sitting there and saying uh, another trans person started killing people. 
Isn't this like the sixth one? Libs of TikTok on Twitter. Yeah, they they she actually went in, Chaya Raychek. She actually went in and said, um, this was a trans LGBTQ, this person was LGBTQ. She pointed out there were six or seven of the last uh mass shootings were by LGBTQ people. And what's gonna happen? And, and they come up with the excuse, oh, he was bullied. So it ends up being straight people's fault anyway. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.